0: Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person. And I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If any way that, that we can pray for you. If you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. I, too, want to welcome you here to Big Valley Grace Community Church on this uh, first Sunday in February, and it's built to last kickoff weekend. Okay. So, well, you know, I imagined it, like, in my mind, about I was going to ramp it up and what it was going to sound like, and it was a little different in my mind. But I'm going to give us a second chance. I can do better. This is built to last kickoff weekend. Yeah. Okay. Man, that's how I imagined it. And uh, this is just gonna be an incredible, incredible day as a church. I want you to let you know, just right now, just so uh, you're aware, after the gathering, this is what we're gonna do. All of us are gonna go right into the foyer and we're gonna grab this packet. There is a packet just for your household, for everybody. And you may be going, what are you talking about? This is my first time here. How could you have one for me? I want you to know, there's a packet for you. There's also kettle corn. We've got kettle corn for everybody, and so we're gonna ask you to get your packet. You can grab some kettle corn. You're gonna go get your kids. There's more kettle corn out where the kids are. And then you're gonna take your kids, and we're all gonna go out to the building site, which is this direction. It's unbelievable what's been done out there to give us all a picture of what it's gonna look like. And again, if you're new, you may be going, I have no idea what you're talking about. What's built to last? What's the capital campaign? What's the building that you're talking about? Well, we've got a video that is just designed to get you caught up to speed a little bit on what Built to Last is all about. So let's watch this video together.
1: In 2008, Big Valley Grace Community Church began the process of creating and recreating excellent ministry space. And that started
0: with the purchase of the Life Wind building back in 2009. And that allowed us then to take the original office space on the south side of the big building and turn that into what is now Ohana Island.
2: Well, right now we're standing in what used to be the old church office. It's now the large group room for Ohana Island, which is a designated kids space for ages three to kindergarten. And I remember that moment when we started talking and dreaming and praying about what it would look like to have designated space for kids and the opportunities that it was gonna provide for young ones and for families. And now here we are over 10 years later with this space, and it's so incredible to see families and see little kids come be excited about this space that's their own.
1: In 2016, we continued our commitment to provide the best possible facilities for children and youth with the site developments necessary for expansion on the Modesto campus.
0: And many of you have seen the results of that. We no longer have fencing across the back parking lot. We have a roadway that goes out to the high school. We have a new playground to the north. Uh, We have um, a new entrance off of Snyder. But really at the heart of this is we were trying to get better space for kids.
1: And as a church family, over the last 14 years, we have already invested $5 million in development on the existing property, all with the end goal of providing excellent ministry space for kids and students, grades 1st through 12th grade.
2: That's what I'm excited about for this new building. I remember In 2009, 2010, when we moved elementary ministries to the portables, they were empty buildings that were sitting there. And so we decided let's create our own space for elementary students. And when we moved out to that space, it was so dynamic, the ministry change that happened. So a
1: little bit about our current situation, the well-worn portable buildings on the Modesto campus, they need to be replaced with a permanent building solution. And we've been able to use these existing portables for almost double the time of their life expectancy. And yet they continue to be a growing expense to maintain and repair. And we've chosen not to replace the current portables with new portable units as the structures do not appropriately support our facility needs to accomplish our ministry plan for kids and students.
2: We're
3: really grateful for the space that we have right now and have had over the years uh, for our elementary students and these portables, but we're growing. And that's exciting that we are growing. Every week, we see around two to five new families dropping their kids off in these portables. Our largest gathering alone sees around 80 kids split between these two buildings. That means 40 to 50 kids per class. And when you walk into the building, you'll see a number that says 100 kids can safely be in this room. But in my opinion, that number is way too high for kids to have a fun and safe time within these buildings. We wanna create a space where we're giving the students the best that we can. Uh, With this new space is gonna come so many new updates that are very needed to this ministry, from new sound, which is going to uh, help our worship team sound better and grow in their their skills in worship, um, to the seats. These chairs have been in here since I've been in sixth grade, and um, we want to see the best for our students. We want them to walk into a space that they know where it is, it's easy to find, um, without confusion, a place where if a friend invites them, they know exactly where to go, because it's the middle school room, and when they enter, it feels like a place that they feel is secure, a place that they're going to want to invite friends to. I think about our high school students, they're beginning to take ownership of their faith. And faith is no longer something that mom and dad do, it becomes something that they believe in. And that ownership uh, comes through their understanding of who Jesus is. and Uh, We really wanna pour into our students and equip this next generation and having a brand new building that is their own, that they can take ownership of, that creates uh, stability and consistency for them, a place where they can come and they've been in the same room every single week, they know what to expect. Um, It's exciting for them to have that space where they can come and meet new friends and they can bring their friends with them it's a place where they can feel comfortable. And when our students feel comfortable and safe and there's consistency and stability, that's when they begin to bring their walls down. And that's when they truly begin to be who God created them to be. They feel the freedom to take the mask off and not pretend to be somebody that they're not. And so this new building is gonna offer an opportunity for our students to come and be themselves and get to know others and experience meaningful, impactful conversations with adults who love Jesus and who love them and wanna show them how great God is. So this building really offers us the opportunity to equip the next generation to continue equipping the generations that come behind. So it's gonna be just a great chance for us to pour into the next generation.
1: In 2021, we celebrated becoming debt-free as a church family with the payoff of the last existing mortgage for the Big Valley Christian School junior high and high school building. And it is our commitment as the leadership of the church to continue to operate debt-free as we seek to expand our gospel ministry. And at this time, we're asking our church family to actively join the vision to supply an 18,000 square foot gospel ministry space dedicated to kids and students. And we are desiring to commit together as a church family to raise $10 million over a four year period. And this is over and above our regular giving, our regular worship gifts to Jesus Christ. This will enable Big Valley Grace Community Church to equip a greater number of children and students, helping them to understand why they believe what they believe, training them to share their faith with others, both in the Central Valley and around the world, really accomplishing the vision of our church, love your actual neighbor. Our mission is to love God, love people, and make disciples. And this means we are a disciple-making church, which includes kids and students we're calling this campaign built to last equipping faith that is built to last in a decaying culture because that's the exact kind of faith we want to equip in our kids in our students in their families good morning Welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church. Welcome to our Modesto campus here in the worship center. It's great to see you. If it is your very first time at Big Valley Grace Community Church, we hope that today is a great day. It was all of our first time at one moment, and we're glad that you're with us today, and we want to say welcome. We're really glad to be together. Welcome to everyone who's joining us right now live online. We're thankful to have the ability to use this technology to be in connection with you as we gather for worship. We know there's a number of folks in our church family who utilize this as they travel. But I want to extend a warm welcome that we would love to have you come and be with us in person. It is great to be together, to see one another as we fellowship in worship before the Lord. Well, today we begin a brand new series, Built to Last, equipping faith that is built to last in a decaying culture. Last week, we began to share about this through a bookmark where we're inviting our church family to spend time reading passages together each day and spend time praying about these passages and what God might want to do in our lives. And so I want to extend that invitation to you that we would continue doing that, reading the word of God each day and praying about what we're reading that God might do a great work in our lives as we go through this series. I'm going to spend time teaching right now. After that, Pastor Bobby is going to lead us through a time of communion, and then one of our elders, Mark Kleinlein is going to share about the project, the project of the new building. And then after our service is complete, you'll have opportunity to pick up a packet. If you have children, grab your children, And then opportunity to head out to where the new site for this building will be. So built to last. Equipping faith that is built to last in a decaying culture. It was actually in 2019 that we thought we'd be where we are right now with our planning. In 2019, we had been making the preparations to walk through this together as a church family. But in in March of 2020... Some things happened in our world that none of us saw coming, right? So we put those plans on hold for obvious reasons. Well, it was in 2021 that as the leadership of the church, we began to pray and to prepare to re-engage this project. And we asked the Lord, would this now be the time that you would allow us to move forward with this project? And the answer as we prayed in 2021 was no, it wasn't the right time. So we waited again. In 2022, as a leadership of the church, we began to pray again and to really seek the Lord. Lord, would this be a time that you would allow us to re-engage this project? And in 2022, I had a sense that the Lord was saying, yes, you can can walk forward and walk forward and see what I have for you regarding this project. So we began doing that, and for the last six months, our team has been working Um, preparing for what is right now in this series that we're going to enjoy together for seven weeks called Built to Last. An example of that is the video you just watched. We filmed that video in September. Our team has been working very hard, getting ready and preparing for this opportunity now. But what I want to encourage us in, this series is an opportunity for us to trust the Lord together. This is a moment that is very important that we seek the Lord and we trust the Lord together, which is exactly what we're going to be looking at to get today as we begin. It was about six months ago that I had the sense for me to know how the Lord would want to lead in our church. I needed to spend time on a prayer retreat. And the things I'm going to be sharing with you today are passages from the time that I spent in prayer on this retreat. Really seeking God to lead me, that I might be able to lead well to really seek God. How did he want to lead our church family as we walk through this process? How would he want to lead us as individuals? How would we want to lead us in groups? And so I began on that prayer retreat with our vision. The vision for our church is love your actual neighbor. What does that mean? This means every member of the body of Christ being led by the power of the Spirit of God, evangelizing and discipling our actual neighbors and leading them to do the same. Well, as a member of the body of Christ, I need to be led by God also. And so I sought God in prayer on this prayer retreat, really saying, God, I need you to lead me. I need you to lead me with your peace. The the word of God says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And so I really came before him, Lord, I need your peace to lead me. And the first passage that he put on my heart when I was on this prayer retreat was Isaiah chapter 26, verses three through four. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is an everlasting rock. You keep him. This is describing a work that God does. You keep him in perfect peace. When God does his work, we experience the rest that God wants us to live in. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind, whose focus is stayed on you. So a steady focus On the Lord. Why? Because He trusts in you. And this is an opportunity for us as a church family to trust the Lord together. We think about this theme built to last, equipping faith that is built to last in a decaying culture. It says, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. God is an immovable rock. He is the rock in which we must be upon, and he is the rock we need to encourage each other to get up on top of. And so I began to pray through this passage. I began to pray through the, the, really the whole passage of Isaiah chapter 26. And Lord willing, in week seven of this series, we're going to spend time more fully in this passage. But this passage will help set up what I think are six opportunities for us to trust the Lord together as a church family. Six opportunities for our church family to trust the Lord. And it might be that today you're sensing, you know, I think my life really feels like it's shifting. Maybe you feel like you're losing balance in your life. And I would encourage you, get up on top of the rock. Get up on top of the rock of Jesus Christ. He's an everlasting rock. He is immovable. Trust God to keep you. And the things that we look at today, it might stir some things up in your life. And I would encourage you to go to the Lord to trust him. So as I was on my prayer retreat, I began to pray about our church being an equipping church, built to last, equipping faith that is built to last in a decaying culture. And the passage that the Lord brought to my mind during that time was Ephesians chapter 4. It's really where we get the theme for built to last from. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14, it says, And he gave, so God gave some gifts. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers. So God gave some gifts to the church, these gifts of leadership. For what purpose? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. If we realize that all of us have been made to serve God, it's how we've been designed to serve God. And if we're not serving God, then we need to be restored to the design that God has for us to serve God. So God has given leadership in the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry to help restore people back to what they need to be doing, which is serving God. For the building up of the body of Christ, and that's all of us being built up, until we attain to the unity, the unity of what? The unity of the faith. And the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood. God wants us to be mature in him, to grow up in him, not to be immature. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What is the fullness of Christ? Well, Christ is going to return. And when Christ returns, we will see the fullness of Christ. And up until that point, the body needs to be built up. The body needs to be edified We need to help one another grow in Christ, awaiting the return of Jesus Christ, the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro. Those are terms of being unsettled. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by what? By waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. If you were to keep reading in Ephesians 4, you'd get to Ephesians 6, and Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. And in the context of the armor of God, the armor of God is shared for a very specific purpose, and that is that we would be able to stand, that we'd be able to stand in the midst of the battle, that we'd be able to stand against the schemes and the attack of our enemy, that we'd be able to stand in Christ, not to be unsettled, tossed to and fro like this passage talks about, but that we would be on The rock, standing on the immovable rock of Jesus Christ. So as I began to pray over this passage, I prayed over all of Ephesians chapter 4. And Lord willing, next week we'll be looking at this passage more and the theme of equipping. But the last two weeks we've shared with you a goal. And the goal is this that we would add 100 new Christian men investing in young boys and Christian women investing in young girls. And I want to give you an update on that goal. We've been working on this goal since October. And since October, there's been 42 new Christian men showing up to invest in young boys and Christian women showing up to invest in young girls. And the reason I share with you the number 42 is because you might be number 43. And I want you to know, we have an opportunity for you as a Christian man to invest in young boys and as a Christian woman to invest in young girls. And I want to invite you to meet this challenge together as a church for hundred new volunteers to serve in family ministries. This leads us to opportunity number one, to trust the Lord to help us be in equipping church. Trust the Lord to help us be in equipping church. And you might think today, no, I'm unqualified. You might think, I'm disqualified. Well, I want to encourage you that God gives gifts to his people. Don't let your gifts go stale on the shelf. Your gifts are meant to be used. Christianity is not a spectator sport. My wife and I, we love watching sports. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Jesus Christ is the head of the body, and Jesus Christ gives direction to his body, and the body moves at the direction of the head. And as a part of the body of Christ, I should expect Jesus Christ to move me. I should expect to be moved as a part of the body of Christ, to be directed by the head. I should expect to be on the move with Jesus, and I want to invite you to think that way also. As I continue to pray on this prayer retreat, specifically about how we might live by faith, built to last, equipping faith that is built to last in a decaying culture, I began to think about Hebrews chapter 11. You might wonder, what is faith? Well, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we have a definition of what faith is. Now, faith is the assurance, the confidence, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, the certainty of things not seen. What is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen in Jesus Christ. For by it, by what? By faith, the people of old received their commendation. What's it saying? It's saying on the left-hand side of your Bible is the Old Testament. And all the people who are referenced in the Old Testament that, that received a commendation, they received their commendation for one reason. And that reason is having faith in God. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old... Received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So everything that's been created, how did everything that's been created start? It started when God spoke it into being. That is the starting point of creation, is the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Everything we see in creation was not seen before God spoke it. Into existence. That might need to be the backdrop you understand about who our God is and what He's capable of when you look at the obstacles that are in front of you in your life right now. Because you might be observing difficulties in your life and going, I don't think that's possible. You might be observing difficulties in your life saying, I don't think it's probable. I don't know that anything can change about the hard thing that I'm experiencing. And I would encourage you this have faith. Have faith that God can bring about something you can't see right now. He's done it already. He did it in creation. He can do it in your life. And it can be hard to trust God. It can be hard to trust God because we can see and observe the difficulties, but we don't see God. And it can be hard to trust God when what we see is the difficulties. But I want to encourage you to have faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In the same passage, in verse 6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. How can I please God? I can please God through faith, because without faith, it's impossible to please him. And whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. It might be that today, today's the day to redefine the term impossible in your life. And whatever you have taken the word impossible and applied it to in your life, maybe today is the day that that word needs to be redefined, redefined impossible. And the way you start redefining that word is in Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to seek Jesus Christ, seek him. The passage goes on to say that we have an incredible accountability in the body of Christ, a great cloud of witnesses in chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, those are burdens, and sin, which brings guilt into our life, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. i want to give you an image. Sin that clings so closely is what that passage says. I want you to have this image. Sin is like shrink wrap. You know that really pesky plastic you cannot get off of the product you bought at the store? Sin's like that, right? It just wants to cling so closely, and sin wants you to think that you can't get rid of it. But that's not what's true. Because what's true is in Jesus Christ, he takes care of our sin problem. And what this passage says is, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that's the body of Christ, let's lay aside aside every weight, that's burden and sin guilt, which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. How can we know we're headed in the right direction? Look to Jesus. If you are looking to Jesus, you are heading in the right direction. How can I know we're going in the right direction? Look to Jesus. And encourage others to do the same. Look to Jesus. Lord willing, in week three of this series... We're going to look at this passage in greater context and this concept of faith. But when we come to a moment like this, where one of the things that's in your packet is a commitment card, to be praying about, you know, how might God want to use me in helping to provide the finances for this new building? And I want to encourage you, you might right away go, I can't, it's impossible, God can't use me. And I just want to challenge you not to start there but to start in prayer and to really seek the Lord. Maybe God has a plan, he's waiting to show you for you to seek him in prayer. And he's just waiting to show you how he's gonna provide for you to be able to participate. And so don't write God off without seeking him and really what he might allow for you to do. And this brings us to opportunity number two, to trust the Lord to help us live by faith. To trust the Lord to help us live by faith. This is an opportunity for us to seek the Lord together. And as we seek the Lord together, this is an opportunity for us to trust the Lord together. Today, you might have phrases like this in your head. I'm not, I can't, I won't. And maybe you can't get past those phrases right now. I'm not, I can't, I won't. And I wanna challenge you to submit those phrases to Jesus Christ so that you can find He is, he can, he will. Because I'm not, I can't, I won't, when submitted to Jesus Christ, I find that it's changed to he is, he can, he will. And let's challenge one another. Let's trust the Lord together. As I continue to pray on my retreat, really thinking about, Lord, how can we serve you in a way that has lasting value, that the ministry that we do before you It would be built to last, equipping faith that's built to last in a decaying culture. Well, it was in that moment that I began to think about 1 Corinthians 3. In 1 Corinthians 3, verses 11 through 15, it says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid. So the foundation is already done. You don't need to lay a foundation. The foundation's already done. What is that foundation? Which is? jesus christ you know the great danger we have in our lives is when we try to replace the foundation that is jesus christ that's already complete and we try to lay our own foundation when we try to lay our own foundation we will find ourselves standing on something that is not a foundation at all we don't need to lay a foundation the foundation's already been laid the foundation is jesus christ now if anyone builds on the foundation so as we serve jesus in ministry What are the ways in which we can serve him in a way that's going to matter? If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, those are things that last. Or wood, hay, straw, those are things that are consumed. Each one's work will be manifest for the day will disclose it. Anytime we see in scripture where it says the day and it's a capital D, it's referring to the day of Jesus Christ holding the entire creation accountable in judgment. And it's saying right here, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, so work that lasts, that would be work like gold, silver, precious stones, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, that's work that's consumed like wood, hay and straw, He'll suffer loss, though he himself will be saved as only through fire. This passage is helping us understand how can we do ministry in such a way that our ministry will have eternal value and it will last. And the answer is Jesus Christ. We have to be focused on Jesus Christ. We have to be on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And we have to encourage one another that as we serve, we do it under the direction and in obedience to Jesus Christ. Built to last, equipping faith that is built to last in a decaying culture. Lord willing, in week four, we will look at this more, this passage more, and this concept more in week four. But we have a teaching companion. You'll find this in the packet that you pick up after the gathering. And this weekend teaching companion is for the purpose for you to use this in conversation with someone else, for you to have dialogue about these subjects together. And to be talking about these things that we're teaching on the weekend, for you to use them in your homes, for you to use them in your groups. And so I would encourage you to utilize the teaching companion. This brings us to opportunity number three, and that's to trust the Lord for ministry that is built to last. Trust the Lord for ministry that is built to last. Today, you might be realizing you've been making some investments, but your investments have been very worldly. And worldly investments fade. And maybe today you're going to recognize it's time to make a switch to start making investments in things that are eternal, things that are going to last. And I want to encourage you in this. How can I know I'm making investments in a way that's going to be for eternity? I would encourage you with this phrase. Disciples making disciples making disciples making disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, helping others to become followers of Jesus Christ, helping others to become followers of Jesus Christ. If you want to have ministry that's built to last, it has to be solely focused on Jesus Christ and helping others be focused on Jesus Christ. As I continue to pray on my prayer retreat, I began to think about our culture, our decaying culture that we are in right now. And it was some time after that that I looked at Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. And this passage helps us see what's happening in our world right now and why we're experiencing decay in our culture. It says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools." That statement right there could be said about our culture right now. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And they exchanged. Three times this passage will talk about exchanging. Exchanging something. This first time it says, exchanging the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. In other words, they exchanged the creator for what the creator created. Therefore, God gave them up three times in the context of this passage. It says God gave them up because of the exchange that they had made. God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Let me give you an example from an organization called Ligonier Ministries who put out something called the State of Theology. I'm just gonna read some things to you. You're not gonna be able to see it. it's too small. But they took a survey of adults in the United States regarding some questions of whether they would agree or disagree with some statements. They did it in 2014, 2016, 2018, 2020, 2022. I wanna give you one example of a picture of our culture in decay. Statement number 16. The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. So they wanted to see, what do adults in the United States think about this statement? That the Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. In 2014, 41% agree. In 2016, 44% agree. In 2018, 47% agree. In 2020, 48% agree. In 2022, 53% agree. In a matter of eight years, a 12% increase in what? a 12% increase in adults in the United States saying this book is a myth and it is not literally true. Why do you think our culture is in decay? Because our culture has moved away from the truth of the word of God. And as our culture has moved away from the truth of the word of God, look at the rapid decay we are seeing in our culture. Lord willing, in week five, we're gonna look at this concept more. Look at this passage more. Look at this concept more. But this brings us to opportunity number four, and that is to trust the Lord's word in a decaying culture. To trust the Lord's word in a decaying culture. Maybe today, maybe one of the things that God is gonna to bring to light in your own life, maybe you're blending in with the world too much. Maybe you look like the world too much. God's called us to be in the world and not of the world. And I want to encourage you to be holy and to be set apart, to be different from the world. That's what the word holy means. It means to be set apart for Jesus Christ, to be set apart for God. One of the ways that as followers of Jesus, we should be set apart from the world is in our finances, You know, the church, the people of God, should be an example of how to handle finances. And I want to encourage you in a passage here, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 through 2. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there'll be no collecting when I come. For my own life, would I have recognized as coming in opposition of bringing a worship gift to Jesus Christ, bringing a financial gift in worship to Jesus Christ, what I have recognized in my own life as being in direct opposition to bringing a worship gift to Jesus Christ is consumerism. Because consumerism says, look at that cool thing. I need that cool thing. Don't I need that cool thing? Sure, I need that cool thing. I deserve that cool thing. I'm going to go buy that cool thing. Oh, I can't afford it. I'm going to go into debt and have that cool thing. And maybe today is going to be an opportunity for you to recognize in direct opposition to bringing a worship gift to Jesus Christ is consumerism. And maybe today you need to cut up some cards and throw them away and allow God to redefine some priorities in your life regarding your finances that you might honor the Lord with your finances, like Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 say. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. You know what we love to do as Americans? We love to go purchase a bunch of stuff so our barns can be filled with plenty, and purchase a bunch of stuff so our vats can be bursting with wine before we ever think about honoring the Lord with our wealth. But that's not how this verse says the priority is supposed to go. This verse says the priority is supposed to go, honor the Lord with your wealth first. And with the first fruits of all your produce, the first fruits, the concept of first fruits is first, best stuff. I'm gonna give God my first, best stuff, not my leftovers. And as I honor the Lord with my wealth and with the first fruits of my produce, then God will take care of blessing me with what he wants me to have. Maybe today you're hearing some of these things and you're going, uh uh-oh, I think I need a fresh start with my finances. I I think I need a fresh start with honoring God. I would would, would say, then let's have today be your fresh start. Let's have today be a fresh start. One of the things that my wife Sarah and I are praying about regularly is praying about how we're bringing a gift to the Lord. We want to have that conversation regularly and be talking about that regularly. And maybe today that's going to be an opportunity for you. There's going to be a blue card you're going to find in your packet. This blue card is about what you're, regularly bringing as a gift to the Lord for the gospel ministry. We are not going to ask you to turn this card in. The purpose of this card is a tool for you to use in your household to have discussions about how you're bringing a gift to the Lord. And I just want to encourage you. My wife and I are having these discussions also. I want to invite you to have these types of discussions as well to really be considering how are you bringing a regular gift to the Lord. This brings us to opportunity number five, to trust the Lord in our biblical stewardship. And in week six, Lord willing, we'll, we'll focus on biblical stewardship more. And you might be looking at that word biblical stewardship right now and going, uh-oh, I don't even know what that word means. Well, we have a class. We would love to help you if you need some help in understanding how you can trust the Lord in your biblical stewardship. It's called Navigating Your Finances God's Way. My wife and I took this class around 20 years ago. It has served us so well over the last 20 years of, of really learning, you know, how can we honor God with our money, with our wealth? And I would encourage you if you're saying, hey, I need some help. Well, we got a class. We've got a class to help you and we want to help you that you might navigate your finances in a way that's honoring to the Lord. Well, I want to end in the way that I began, and that's in Isaiah chapter 26. In verse 12 of that chapter, it says, O Lord, you will ordain peace for us. You have indeed done for us all our works. This this series is an opportunity for us to trust the Lord. For us to trust the Lord to help us be an equipping church. For us to trust the Lord to live by faith. For us to trust the Lord that he could use us in ministry for some things that last in a culture that's decaying. For us to trust the Lord with our finances and to honor him. And opportunity number six, for us to trust the Lord in his provision. This verse says, oh Lord, you will ordain peace for us for you have indeed done for us all our works. I don't know what God's going to do in my life during these seven weeks. And I don't know what God's going to do in your life during these seven weeks. I don't know what God's going to do in all of our lives collectively during these seven weeks. But I want to give him credit for whatever he's going to do. And I want to plan to thank him for the work that he's going to do and plan to celebrate the work that he's going to do, which Lord willing, week seven of this series, we will come together to celebrate. Here's how God has worked in our church family. And I want to encourage you and invite you to plan to celebrate also. This is a great adventure. We're going on together as a church. This is an opportunity for us to trust the Lord, and we need to encourage one another to seek Him, to seek Him and to trust Him. In just a moment, Pastor Bobby is going to lead us through a time of communion. And then after that, one of our elders, Mark Clyderline, is going to walk us through some of the specifics regarding this project. When our service is done, we'll have opportunity to pick up our packets. If we have children, go get our kids, and then head out to where the site is so that we might be able to spend some time out at the site together as a church family of this new building. Let me pray for us. Father, God, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to really set, really an outline for this series through what you have brought to my heart through prayer and your word. And God, I pray that the things that you're stirring up, Lord, that we'll see you bring resolution to them in the weeks to come. And God, that we really might trust you as a church family. And So Lord, help us to do that. Help us to trust you. And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said.